Welcome back, you beautiful people, to the Real Collective Podcast. As always, I am joined with by my illustrious colleague and co-host, Kyle Miller, who I got to see in person, live and in person today, today and one day only. My goodness, it was great. Black Friday sale. <laughs> yeah, two cows for one. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, how are you feeling, pal? Uh, good. It's cold out. It's here. It's here. But it's sunny out at least, so we'll take it. Maybe it's cold outside. Let's cancel that song. A little too close to home. (laughs) As always, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, share this with someone who you think might be interested in this type of conversation. Uh, If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you very much for tuning in this week. And if you'd like to schedule an appointment with Kyle or I directly, you can do that in the Calendly links below. We wanted to take a little bit of time at the beginning to talk about some new regulations that are about to hit. There's some uh, some money regulations that are about to hit. I think it's Gen 1 that's coming into effect. Yeah. Uh Oh, the charter? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even remember what day it is because I don't care. Um, I'm straight up like this. Yeah. So if you're listening to the news this week, it'll be all over. It's been all over social for a while. Uh, well, for a while, a couple of days um, with this new Canada mortgage charter, uh, which I is absolutely uh nothing like it's nothing it's absolutely nothing there's like six main points in it uh and our illustrious deputy premier has and finance minister has has was patting herself on the back pretty hard for being a, being a how cool and this isn't a political thing it's just this is how politicians work so it could be anybody i guess it just happens to be her and they're like we're gonna do all this cool stuff to help people who are in a jam and five out of the six points uh already exist they literally were just like yeah we'll do that we'll do that and then as mortgage people were like but we can already do that so where's the help and they're like oh yeah then there's this one other thing that will encourage banks to do thanks that's super great like they were talking about um i think the quote was like uh at risk at risk canadians can uh will be allowed at-risk Canadians will be allowed to make lump sum payments against their mortgage to bring down what they owe to help the amortization stay along, you know, in line. And it's like every mortgage forever has had lump sum payment privileges, which means you could be doing this anytime. So that's not new. And by the way, if you're at risk, how do you have the money to do this? That's the- right? so like, who has a lump sum if you are an at, ri- at, at risk? risk? What are you at risk of? Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're at risk of, you know, and that's the thing, at risk of what? Having longer amortization or, you know, or not making your payment. Like there's different things, right? And we don't want, I don't, I'm not joking about it because I'm like, this is going to be super easy for anybody. Just saying this isn't fucking help. This isn't help. Like it's, it's, it's already there, right? They're talking about how lenders can, um, you know, lenders are going to be able to extend amortizations. Oh, you mean like they were doing in COVID? Because they did this already. Like this has already been happening, right? right? Um, it's, uh, you know, there's already mechanisms in play for this. They were talking about how, oh yeah, but now lenders are, cl- um, sorry, I get all fired up apparently. Mortgage holders who have default insurance can now switch their mortgage to a new lender uh, and they don't have to use the stress test. Okay, cool. Funny thing, 35 days ago, 
Osfi already did that. So where's the new? Just wondering, right? Like it's just ah, uh, so annoying, oh, so blatantly annoying. Here, so here's my here's my thought, and again, this is going to get a little political. It would be the same comment regardless of what side was in power. Is it sounds like, hey, here's a pretty package that I've put together of all of the things that we can already do, but I'm using that as a platform to say why I'm doing such a good job. So when it's time to reelect me, I don't even know who the person is who's making these decisions, what side they're on or anything like that. But I think it's, I think it's, that's what it is, right? Oh, it's 100% that's what it is. We're in a jam. We've done nothing but stoke the fire. Now, here's all this cool stuff we're going to do, uh, and we're just going to present it like it's our great idea, when in fact, it's been there for a long time. It's, right. yeah, it's useless, useless. And like, sorry, those items are not useless. Right. They are just not new. And if anything, the only positive here is that this will bring to the forefront to some Canadians who haven't been thinking about it, that these things are available. They've just been available the entire time, the right. entire time. Which is, which is, you know, a great marketing piece put out by the government of Canada or whoever. Sure. That's, yeah. That's like People are going to, I mean, we've been picking it apart, but it's like, yeah, great. Okay. So you put it at the forefront that they're there. Congratulations, but don't take the credit for it. Right. I'd sooner them send out an email and say, Hey, we'll, uh, you know, we encourage you guys to talk about this stuff. Like that would have been better use of that time is to say hey all you mortgage professionals and banks just go tell people these six points okay because we're supporting that but you guys already do that anyway yeah well, that oh yeah the best one yeah one of the best ones which is awesome was they're like uh we're essentially they're encouraging the banks or they're encouraging the banks to do this is reach out to clients four to six months before their maturity date so they know what their options are that's called a renewal letter Everyone everywhere has got one of those always, not just because times are tough. Like, what? Thanks. Thanks so much. Oh, just okay. trotting. Hey, you know, times, times are tough. And I know you don't have a lot of extra money, but what we can do to help you out is with all of that extra money that you don't actually have, you can use that money that you don't have and, and pay down your mortgage so that you don't have to pay your mortgage for as long. You're yeah. You're welcome. I know you don't actually, we're not going to give you anything. You don't have anything, but what you don't have, you can, you can put down towards your mortgage. We'll let you, we'll let you. Let yeah. you do yeah. That's the best part is that's in the same week. That's in the same week where there's a, uh, there was a $1,700 a plate, $1,700 a plate fundraiser where that party was going to talk about how we're going to make life more affordable. <laughs> amazing this is so amazing i'm like this is bit too like that's two in a week i'm like yes good job anyway you know what when you when when you live in district uh you know six or seven or 12 like you and me uh all we all we want to do is just get to get to the capital so we can uh you know have those 1700 plate hunger game uh meals that'll be that'll yeah. be listen hey, the odds be ever in your favor yes uh, I wish I remembered how to do that whistle. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. I, 
bright bright news bright light uh we'll talk about mortgage wise uh just before we shift over to talk about uh tressa which by the time this video releases tressa is going to be close to in full swing or at least beginning swing um like you called td dropped their uh fixed rate by 27 basis points this week so just on just on the five year though just on the five year though i think on the five and on the three as well on five and three yeah. yeah so so that's that's the oh that's the beginning of that fixed uh that fixed rate dropping down because i think they're the first of the of the five majors to do it yeah the uh yeah the non-bank lenders have been doing it for a little while uh for another for over a week they'll usually they'll usually jump first yeah. so yeah it's a it's a sign it's a it's a sign it doesn't save a ton of money but it, it does but it does increase it, it's the sentiment it's the fact that it's happening and if that continues to happen, then we'll see it. Um, if you don't follow a guy, if you don't follow Ron Butler um, on Twitter, he's on he's on TikTok too. He swears a lot on TikTok, so you gotta be okay with that. But on Twitter, he he does some good threads every day. And love him or hate him in our industry, like he's a he's a disruptor. Uh, but he's been in the game a long time, and I got I got a lot of respect for what a lot of the the facts he sp he spouts. I may not like his delivery. But what he says is typically pretty solid. And um, until the key is going to be to see a four in front of that, in front of that interest rate. If we can see a four in front of that, we'll see a decent pickup and we're that much closer. So I think once Q, once we get through Christmas and they look back, you know, like it's a lag. So it's going to take us a quarter to yeah. figure out what's really gone on. Once we get through Q1, of 2024 which will show what happened at the end of 2023 then we'll see where those rates go and if that if there's a four that gets in front of those uh especially the five-year fix it'll be a little it'll be fired up i, I think people get a little fired up so and that's coming from I'm, I'm i'm regurgitating what ron butler was saying there so four 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 at the beginning means 499 right yeah like yeah 499 494 Something like that. You see it start with a four. People will get people will get excited and we could see some activity for sure. Uh, what I wanted to talk about was uh, Tressa uh, and that's the Trust in Real Estate Services Act. There's been a lot of training, chatter, conversation about what it means. The, uh, the, the regulation has been put out. They've shared some of the forms with us. Uh, they are amending the forms as we move forward. I think we're going to start to, uh, you know, figure figure out. Oh well, there's going to be some nuanced things that you might not understand, and so until we start to do it regularly. But as of December first, 2023, we will be governed by Tressa, uh, the Trust and Real Estate Services Act, as opposed to REBA, the Re Real Estate uh, Business and Brokers Act. Um, so it's going to be some changes. Uh, the real thing is. Um, and I've talked with agents in our office about, oh, well, you know, what about in this scenario? What about in that scenario? So there's a few changes that are happening. One is that we will be conducting ourselves with what's called, uh, at our brokerage anyways, designated agency. And so the idea is, in the past, leading up until now, if you hired a real estate agent, you actually hire the brokerage. And therefore, every single person who's in that brokerage owes you that same fiduciary responsibility as the agent who you hired. Okay. Got it? You're there? Okay. So let's say uh, 
Joe Blow hired me to help them sell their house. And, you know, there's a brand new agent who just started working at our brokerage who doesn't know Joe Blow, has no whatever, and says, hey, I want to do an open house at that at that house you've got, 123 Main Street. Uh, they would legally have to go into that house and represent the best interest of the seller. That's okay. That's, that's okay. That seems to make sense. Right. Like your expectation. Right. Now, there will be a designated agent who is who owes the client fiduciary obligations. So, so they hire you, they hire you. And if you say, I can't do the open house this weekend, but this newer agent, Jeff, can do this house weekend, what's the change? What happens? Jeff does not owe the client the fiduciary obligation, i.e. does not need to represent that 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 seller's best interest. And why is that better? <laughs> That's my question. It, it isn't. It's different, but it isn't better. What it is is actually more in line with what happens, okay? Because you walk into an open house and normally what happens is the agent says, look, I don't really care about selling this open house. What I want to do is I want to pick up buyers, right? And now there's a clear understanding about what really happens as opposed to what the consumer thinks should be happening. Now it gets one step further, okay? So one step further is this. Jeff brings an offer on that house. Because someone at the open house said, yeah, I want to buy it. I don't have a real estate agent. Jeff, help me buy this house. Okay. Jeff brings an offer for the house. In the old system, we would instantly be in multiple representation where the, because the brokerage is the agent, the brokerage is offering agency level services to the seller. And if the person who Jeff met at the open house wants to buy that house and says, yeah, I want you to treat me as a client. I want all of the good things that come along with client representation. Now Jeff brings an offer. Now we're in multiple representation where there's two uh, uh, primaries, two, two clients being served by the same agent. Again, the agent is the brokerage, not the real estate agent. Right. right. So how do you conduct yourself? You can't say you can't give advice you can't tell the client what they should do either of them because you're in this multiple representation system now like, or before before okay you're, but that wasn't what was happening what was happening is i would tell my client what they thought they should be doing jeff would tell his client what they, what he thinks they should be doing and you'd come to an end right you'd get to a point so that's because that's why we hire you Correct. So what this is doing, what the Trust and Real Estate Services Act is doing is setting the parameters to say, hey, here's how you operate. Here's how you operate as real estate agents. You don't deliver customer service to people. You all try and do the best that you can for clients. So you can serve your clients. Your client, The, the general public can either be a client of an agent or they can be a self-represented party. That's it. Those are the only two options for people. They used to have the ability to be a customer, right? That customer designation is going away. It gets more oh. confusing because you can also choose to be uh, have limited representation. So, hey, you're a, you're a client, but I'm not going to give you all of the level of service that I would give to a client because you only want limited representation. 
what you're allowed to do with 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 consumers versus clients versus self-represented parties all of that is changing and there's like hey you want to engage in real estate before you do here's a 13 page document for you to consume and decide how you want to be served so things are going to get well, you're going to get funky they're going to get messy people are going to be confused um you know and 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 I'm sorry to say, but a lot of the agents aren't really going to follow all the rules. You know, they're not going to know the rule changes. Wow. So just finishing, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take a break, but I'll finish the, the second half of, of uh, the explanation of, hey, now, we're, now we have designated agency at our brokerage. The listing agent is representing the best interest of the seller. The buyer agent is representing the best interest of the buyer. And even though they both work at the same brokerage, the brokerage... Uh, the, the the designated agent makes it so that the agents can serve the clients the way that they're expecting to be served. There's a lot. Clear. There's Super yeah. Clear. Yeah. Oh, buddy, and it gets worse. And now, this is the real kicker. Just before we break, now, if you're a seller and you would like to disclose the contents of your offer, i.e., price, to anybody who's shown an interest in your property or people who've made a bid or whatever, whatever, you have the right to do that. That's a, that's that's the that's the big, big change. The seller has the full right to disclose the contents of the offer to someone else. So see that that I find that I find interesting. We can pick that up in a sec, but that I find that I find interesting. I, you'd have to tell me why it's totally bad, but Oh, hey, listen, I don't think all this stuff is bad. I'm not, I'm not saying any, I'm not giving a value judgment. I'm saying it's different. It's all changing. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm all for change. Uh, you know, change is good, but it's, uh, I think we'll need to do a whole episode on just Tressa and running through different scenarios. Uh, the, the deeper we get into this because it is messy and it's different and, there's a rollout and there's a 120 day holdover period. And it's just, it's, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be funky. So we'll work it out, but we'll come back after the break and we'll talk about Kyle's story time this time, about uh, the, <laughs> the hardest deal that you ever put together. That's what I want to hear about. So uh, as always hit that like button, subscribe to the channel and share this with someone who you think might be interested in this type of conversation. And we'll see you on the flip side. This episode of the Real Collective podcast is brought to you by Real Collective. Real Collective brings together best-in-class real estate agents and collective experts in the field to deliver the best possible service to our clients. We govern ourselves with honesty, open-mindedness, and compassion. With diverse skill sets, our agents are able to better serve a wide array of clients, including first-time buyers, first-time sellers, transferees, estate sales, investors, and rural, vacation, and luxury products properties. Authenticity and transparency are pillars of our process, which allows us to put our clients at the center of everything we do. Our years of experience and knowledge allow us to deliver prestigious service and optimal results. If you are interested in buying or selling your home, contact us today at realcollective.ca. Welcome back, you beautiful people to the Real Collective podcast. Thanks so much for sticking around for the second half. Everybody loves story time. Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, share this with someone who you think might be interested in some of this beautiful information. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you. If you'd like to schedule an appointment with Kyle or I directly in the Calendly links below, 
feel free to do that. Kyle, tell us all about your story about that deal that you put together that you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this worked. Yeah, there's been a, there's been a couple because things will happen. For the most part, everybody, everything's pretty good. But some people, some things happen where people are aware of and make a bad, bad decision. Some are where things happen where we didn't see it coming. Um, I, I had one guy, I'll get to the story in a sec, but just to give you an idea, I've had people who have bought cars before closing. But again, lenders can look at your credit report and know that you bought a car and that car throws out all the ratios and now you can't buy the house, right? Say it all the time, cars kill deals. They'll you could buy the car after the house. You can't buy the car before the house, almost always. So there's that. I have one guy who we were using. We did his. We did the stuff. Everything was fine. Um, but in the in the period between when we got it approved and closing, like a month, his his um, student loan, his student loan that he had, Canada student loan, the payment changed. Cause he had a lower student. He had a lower payment because of X, Y, Z reason. And that timing that he had it for ran out between our, between our close, our approval date and closing. And the bank found out because they ran his credit again and it sent the deal off the rails because oh, it like tripled it. Like it, it got, it went into repayment fully. He was voluntarily paying some and we were allowed to use that to a degree. There's more to the story, but it, doubled his tripled his payment and that killed our deal and we had to do some dancing to figure that out probably one of the biggest ones though was for a self-employed client i had and uh they have a company lots of equipment and what a lot of people don't realize is that uh unlike the states to a degree at least at, at least in the early stages when you incorporate um as a business it's all still based on you right so if you go to rent you go to lease something under the company name, you go to buy something and finance it under the company name. It's it's sure it's under the company, but it's still based on your personal credit until that company for lack of a better term gets to becoming a going concern on its own where it has money and it can get credit because of revenues and whatever. It's still based on you as the person. Yeah. So client came to me and had like, I don't know, three, probably close to $300,000 worth of equipment in, in different loans, right? And companies making money paying the thing and that's fine. But what ended up happening was um, if they're still under your personal name, it's your personal debt. But I mean, you're self-employed. You're not paying yourself a million dollars a year, most likely. You're paying yourself 40, 50, 100 maybe. But that still doesn't cover your mortgage and $10,000 a month in equipment payments. Yeah. So we, we, we had to get those pulled out of our, out of our lending and out of our ratios. But the only way to do that is to match up what's on the credit bureau with the payments in the bank account. But we need to then attach those bank account payments to like actual loan lease agreements. Problem was the company we were dealing with doesn't match anything up. So the national company has one number for X product. They register it on the on the credit bureau as a different number. The loan that it's attached to comes out with a different number. And then because they were refinancing and trading in, but it wasn't discharged properly, there was 16, but they only own 12. I'm ordering 
like I'm going through this stuff line by line, trying to figure out who goes where, what was refinanced, what was sold. Then we're going to the company nationally, trying to get them to send us the right paperwork to show how this works all the time. We're trying to get this refinance done. It's taking weeks just to get through this. And then there was, oh, but this payment. Oh, and I changed jobs here. Oh, and all this stuff. Like it was, we were deep. We were deep in that for, that probably took me almost two and a half months to actually work through, which is ridiculous. Like that should never happen ever. But that was one of those ones where you just grind it out because it's some deals are onions. They're like onions. Yeah. On at face value and at the original time we're talking, everything seems to make sense. And you get a piece of paper, you look at that paper and say, well, what's this? And it just, the rabbit hole opens, right? The rabbit hole opens. So it's uh, it was a wild one, wild. But two and a half months of digging paper back and forth through different organizations, credit bureaus, paid for what are called PPSA agreements to get per it. Red, oh, just paper, 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 paper. The worst, the absolute worst deal I had to work on personally. Yeah, was probably that one. Yeah, what does PPSA stand for? Do you remember? Uh, it's a, I can't, I because I never wanted to hear the term again. It's the Personal Property Services Act. Personal Property Security, Security. I think. It's so you get a car, you buy a car, and there's a lien against your car. They register a, a, a PPSA against it. So on your credit bureau, they know that that car has a lien against it, right? And then it's a secured asset. It's not like your credit card, which is just, yeah, we like you. Here's 10 grand and go spend it, right? Yeah. So, but we had one of those for like 16 or 18 pieces of equipment that nothing matched. And, and six of them didn't even exist anymore, but they still showed up on the credit bureau. So it's payments that don't exist. And then where are they? And then where are they in the in the bank statements? But then they're seasonal. So they only show up five months a year and then they're gone. Oh yeah. We dug deep on that one big time. The the equipment was seasonal? Yeah, because it was a seasonal business. So some leases, so some companies will allow you to have will allow you to to lease like you 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 keep it for the year, but you only pay them over your busy season. Right. Kind of like how you know farmers have have make their payments twice a year, right? When yeah. they when they make their hay and when they collect their milk, that's when they make all their payments, and they have to spread the rest out over the year, same as these guys, because it was like snow plowing or lawn maintenance or something like that. Yeah, but it was we dug deep on that one. That was a fun one. I, I learned a lot on that one, and that was only a couple of years ago, so I'd already known a lot, but I learned way more on that one. Now you you when you when you when you do that work and you get down into it and you've got like your desk just full of papers and you've got a highlighter and a pen and you're like one hundred percent one hundred percent I had to go back to paper I'm usually digital and I'm highlighting stuff in Adobe this was, was no print it all out and just like the notes. Give me this, give me this big desk so I can sit at and I can okay pull it from here and this goes and these go together yeah man. And, that's- and literally to the point where the underwriter on the other end, who's like, was like, Kyle, you need to just break this. They're like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not doing it. You figure this out, send it back to me and I'll look at it. 
But other than that, I am not touching this anymore. We're done. So they put the whole thing on hold until I could just write the book and say, this goes here to here, to here, to here, to here, to here. And that was just, that was just to clean up the credit bureau. Then there was the rest of the file. Like that was just to make sense of it all. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, it sucked. It sucked. But what to be said about done. Keeper. Oh, but it, and you know what, it, you know what the toughest part is about it though, is that the clients themselves, it wasn't, it's not, it wasn't there. Like, I'll say this. There's some clients where it's your fault. It really is. You, you, you're a shitty bookkeeper. You don't like receipts. I get it. But the, it wasn't them. It was just, it was how the accounting is done at a company over there. And yeah. what doesn't get discharged from, from the credit bureau, right? I mean, I found four mortgages on my own parents' house. We bought the house in 2000. There was two mortgages from the 80s. Because the lawyer didn't discharge it. So it's the stuff you find out that you don't even know about. And it's not even your fault. We just fix it. You know what? We had a closing delayed this uh, this week because um, it was supposed to close on Wednesday. I mean, it will close. But same thing. When the title got registered to the current owner, uh, something didn't get, get discharged. And as a result, they can't close on it now on, on the way out as they're selling it. So it's like, yeah, you know what? People people don't do their job. And as a result, it, it has these delay things. Like, why not cancel that PPSA after the the vehicle sold? You know, like all these different. Yeah, 100%. And, and it's and it's one thing, too, is that when people and again, people expect that everybody's doing their job and they should. And I agree with that. Sure. But. Not. To, to, to check your title and stuff is especially when you're going to do your mortgage you'd be you'd be surprised it's you know i mean you probably run into it where um you know clients didn't know that reliance will register a lien against your property for that uh for that furnace yeah. and now you can't get rid of your mortgage because it's because it's registered against the house like you don't know that who would know you're there <laughs> Oh, that's good. Thanks for story time, Kyle. I appreciate it. Sorry, that was a long one. <laughs> oh, no, I, that, that's, that's perfect. That's what we're looking for. Uh, that's, a, that's a good one. I think it's a perfect place to wrap up. So as always, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, share this with someone you think might be interested in this type of information. If you are looking for the type of mortgage agent who is going to print out paper old school, <laughs> <laughs> and get, uh, get jiggy with it. Kyle's your man. Hit him up. You can schedule uh, 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 um, an appointment with him directly in the Calendly, link, Calendly links below. Whew, Friday afternoon. I'm get, we're getting there. <laughs> uh, you can do the same with me and the Calendly links below if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks so much. And until next time, keep it real. Collective.